Ephesians chapter 6. I forgot to check how long we've been doing the book of Ephesians. Did I start this in January? Um, I think I did, didn't I? Did I start in January? So we're about to wind up to go all the way into January again. But uh, I've enjoyed doing this. And um, I left you off, I think, here in verse 10. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Everybody say, I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. It says, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. And so we're going to begin to talk about that tonight. I haven't done this in a while. Um, I can't cover everything, but um, there's a guy I know. His name is Rick Renner. Did I tell you he was coming in January? Yeah, we're excited about that. And uh, I still told him, and I met, maybe I shouldn't have. He's wrote like 30,000 books now, and they're big ones. You know what I'm saying? Um, but my still favorite, I told him, is Dress to Kill. And uh, if you haven't got Dressed to Kill, you can go on Amazon or go to rickrenner.org, I'm sure, and get it. Uh, but if you don't have Dressed to Kill in your um, library, you really need to get it. And um, it's, just, it's just something. Every time I pick it up, I get excited again because it really gave me a lot of revelation that I needed on this subject. And so he says, put on the whole armor of God. How much of the armor of God? The entire armor of God, all of it. Amen. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I'm really not going to get into verse 12, but that is a list, rank, and order of demons, principalities, powers, um, uh, Rulers of the darkness against spiritual wickedness in high places. So that's a rank and file. Now, I will say this, Brother Hagen and Rick kind of flip them a little bit, but it doesn't matter who, who, what, what is what, we're seated above them all. Amen. Wherefore, take on the whole armor of God, verse 13. So he keeps telling you to take, how I many you know if something's repeated by the Holy Ghost, it's important that you get it? So how much of the armor are you supposed to put on? The whole, and should you ever take it off? No. All right. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. So I want to remind you of these things. A, we're supposed to be strong in the Lord. So that's something you and I have got to do. Amen. Amen. So you have to be strong in the Lord. You have to be strengthened. You have to pray. You have to do. You have to wait on the Lord. You're the one that has to make sure you're strong. Lord, strengthen me. It's available, but you're the one that's got to be strong in the Lord through the word of God, through your belief, through your waiting, through your praying. You're the one that gets strong in the Lord. So he says, number one, if you're going to do, listen, I was thinking about this, and someone said this, and I understand what they're saying. Hold with me just a minute. They said, um, you know, I really don't have, um, you know, God's not my problem, and the devil's not even my problem. I'm my problem. And I get what they're saying. Sometimes in our circle, in Pentecostal, word of faith, charismatic spirit-filled, whatever circle you want to call us, is sometimes people are over-emphasis on the devil, the devil, the devil. Some of you are too young for this, but it's always like Flip Wilson, you know, the devil made me do it. See, like only a quarter of you understand. But, um, but, the, but that's, so that's an extreme. And so what this guy said was, the devil's, God's not my problem. The devil's not my problem. I'm my problem. And that's true. I get what he's trying to say. But then that ignores Scripture. 
Because the truth of the matter is, the Bible, the, the, the Pauline epistles, uh, which is God's revelation to the church, he said, don't, he didn't say ignore the devil's devices because it doesn't matter. He said, don't be ignorant. Ignorant people are defeated people. People who don't, don't think that the devil can do nothing to them, those are ignorant people. There is a devil. Jesus said he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the apostle Paul, by the Holy Ghost, said to you and I, don't be ignorant of his devices, his schemes. And we looked at that last time. But number one, it says then, so we've got to be strong. Number two, it says stand against. So who does the standing against? See, if, the, if, it was, if there was, I know the enemy, aren't you glad Jesus has defeated the devil? But listen, even a defeated devil can defeat you. No, he can't. Well, if you let him and if you're ignorant, he will. I know a lot of defeated Christians. I know a lot of people who are in big messes based on decisions they made. Allowing the enemy to get in their life, get in their children's lives. So we got to do something. Number one, be strong in the Lord. Number two, you understand what I'm saying? I didn't mean to slap you with a wet towel there or anything. That's what it felt like, some of you. But listen, it's just not automatic. Even a defeat, I know you don't like that, but I'm going to tell you again because it came up out of my heart. Even a defeated devil can defeat you if you're ignorant, if you don't take your place. Is the devil, has the devil lost all of his power? Yeah, but he's lost all his power. Yeah, but obviously his deception is enough to defeat some people. Yeah, he has no power. Jesus made a show of him openly. But, but the Lord tells me this all the time. Not, you know, but, and tells me to tell me and he tells me to tell you. The devil ain't playing. I wish you'd quit. The, the devil's not playing. Now, I know people get over in the weird stuff where everything has a spirit and you got to figure out the names of things and they get demon crazy. They see a demon in food and they try to cast it out. Listen, the only way you can cast out calories is put down the fork. There's no spirit, you know, you know, the devil didn't make you fat. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, let's move on. Everybody say, I'm strong in the Lord. And then he said to stand against the wiles of the devil. Everybody say, stand against. And then he said, wrestle not against flesh and blood. But he didn't say you're not going to wrestle. Get some power. Stand against. And there's some wrestling, but we win. All right? Take on the whole armor of God. Withstand in the evil day. So what I got to do? I got to stand against. When's the evil day? Anytime the devil and his circumstances or problems show up, that's the evil day for you. And when that shows up, you can't be like, here we go again. Here we go again. It's going to get you defeated. You're going to have to withstand, stand against. Praise the Lord. Having done all, that's some effort. Having done all, what do I got to do? I got to stand. It's not stand like K, Sarah, Sarah, whatever it will be. It's stand here like I'm ready, I'm victorious, I'm going to win. If you don't fight, you have made a choice. 
Someone I care about and love very much a long time, a long time ago, uh, some wise person, a daughter, I believe, told her that if you don't decide, or somebody told her, if you don't decide, the decision is going to be made for you. And that's exactly what happened in her life. If you don't decide to fight, then you lose by default. Well, I don't, I don't think we should have to fight. Well, you didn't set up this thing. And so you don't get to choose that. But we have everything we need to win. Remember that, that psalm and hymn and spiritual song and I was doing? How many know we always win? And then when we're done, what happens? We, we, but if you're going to win something, that means you fought in something. You fought. It's the good fight. How many know it's a good fight, fellas? What's the good fight? Doesn't matter what you look like afterwards. It just means that you won. I always win. He always causes me to triumph. But I got to do these things. I got to get strong. I got to stand against. I got to wrestle. I got to withstand. And having, all to, and, and having done all the stand, I stand. And then he wasn't even done. Stand, I'm telling you, you got to stand, therefore. So that's a lot, five, six things of stuff you've got to do. And when you put on the armor of God so that you always have the victory. So what you're doing is you're not really defeating the devil. You're keeping a defeated devil out of your life, out of your business, out of your body, out of your family. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell a parent in this room, and you better pay attention to me. Time is not your friend. I just believe they'll grow up out of it. You believe wrong. Listen, y'all, the devil knows his time is short. And if you're a parent today or tomorrow, it's not to scare you, but you're going to have to have some vigilance about you. And this thing, kids will just be kids and teenagers will just be teenagers. That's yesterday. That, that, that is not for today. You're going to have to fight in the realm of the spirit. And maybe fight them to take their cell phone. I don't know. Everybody, I must say, I must stand. Okay, are we good? Everybody, good? Let me go back to Solomon and him and spiritual songing. Are, are we gonna win? Then you're gonna have to fight. Who are you fighting? A defeated foe, for sure. Right? Is the devil under your feet? What we used to sing was in the, the uh, 80s and 90s. He's under my feet. Right? Now my victory is complete. Where's the devil? He's under your feet. As long as you're seated. No, as long as you're seated in Christ Jesus. Seated in heaven. You've got to be seated. In order to win, you've got to sit down in Christ. You've got to know your rights. You've got to know your privileges. You've got to know the word. And you got to know how to fight. And really the Bible then talks about this whole armor of God. And obviously, um, since um, you're not in a hurry, we've already taken a year, why not take an extra? Why, why not just keep going? And really just slow down. Because I could breeze over these in five minutes each, but they're really more weighty than that. And uh, when I used to teach uh, in Bible Institute, the Believer's Authority, I would do it in an hour. And every time I would be just kind of grieved. And, I, and I'd tell me I'd get the book, Dressed to Kill. But we don't have to do that here. We can just slow down. And so let's do that. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. The first weapon 
is the loin belt of truth. The loin belt of truth is the least glamorous, the least seen, unfortunately, sometimes the least talked about, but it is probably, I believe, the most important. This loin belt of truth is what holds every other piece of armor in place. And really, when you think about the armor, the breastplate of righteousness, um, and you understand that Paul, it's two times, Ephesians is the complete revelation that Paul got. Um, Another portion, when he was in prison, he had a partial revelation. But this is a complete revelation the Lord gave him while looking at a Roman soldier, obviously. Or remembering what a Roman soldier looked like and dressed like because he's been acquainted with a few. And he's been probably beaten by a few. He knows them well. He knows what they look like. He knows their battle array. Uh, he, He knows it well. And so the Lord is using something that he understands that he has seen in the natural to convey to us by the Holy Ghost what we have in the realm of the Spirit. Now, you've never, you can see a breastplate on a soldier, you can see a sword, you can see a helmet, you can see shoes, you can see a shield. Uh, The loin belt is the only thing really, I mean, it's somewhat visible depending on how they wore it, but uh, really of all the spiritual armor, it's the only one you can currently see. Um, Most of you have one, well, a handful of you still have them in your laps right now open. But it is the Logos, it is the written Word of God. And this is really important and really vital. Because if this is, and I believe it is, the most important of the armor, if you don't have the Logos, the written Word of God, you'll never have a rhema, that means you'll never have a sword. Uh, If you don't have the Logos, the written Word of God, you'll never be able to walk in faith. Not Bible faith. Because you'll have to know the Word. Amen? Amen? Um, if, if you don't have the logos, the written word, this loin belt, uh, this belt of truth, then you won't understand what your shoes are for, and you'll have no peace in your life. Right? And you won't, it, it, surely and truly on this one, if you don't understand, if you don't have the, ro- the, the logos, the written word of God, you will not have a revelation of your righteousness which is very important to God that you know it, and it's very important to your faith and believing God that you understand your righteousness and your position in God and what you have in him. None of that is possible, and therefore that's why a lot of believers are really walking around uh, naked, so to speak. And when the devil comes, they try to lift up their sword, but if you don't have the written word of God and you're not able to say like Jesus, it is written then you're going to lose to a defeated foe. Wouldn't it be awful to lose to a defeated foe? That just makes me think of, you know, I am have a football team, and I got my 11 guys, and, and uh, you know, the rest of the team didn't show up on the other side, but one guy did, and we played the game, and that one dude beat us 11. Now, wouldn't that be stupid? Come on, y'all football people, you understand these things. How ridiculous that would be on the news, on ESPN. But they would show it. And I really believe the demons love to talk about how easy and gullible these Christians are sometimes. We're really defeated, and yet we beat up on them all the time. But that's not true of us. 
said it's not true of us, right? And even if we know some things, how many of you know we don't know? Uh, uh, we can get some more. We can get some more revelation. We can get some more understanding. You know, I would hate to think that I'm as uh, uh, spiritually intelligent or knowledgeable as I'm ever going to be right now. Wouldn't that be awful if today was it? Amen. Wouldn't that be awful? And for you too, right? I'd hate to think that this is the smartest we're ever all going to get spiritually. How many know there's more, right? Can you, can you get some more? And the more understanding we get, the, the greater revelation we get, the greater illumination we get into the Word. And that's true. If you've ever heard something and it's truth to you, you're still excited to hear it. But, you know, there's some people who's like, well, I heard that once. Well, once is not enough. I know that. I doubt it. Seriously, I doubt it. Because there's more revelation. Now, you can look at something. Come on, have you read something a thousand times as you read through something? As you do your daily Bible reading? Right? And you've read that in Ephesians chapter 1 maybe a thousand times by now because you're really diligent. But on the thousand and first time you go, what? And then you run into the kitchen and you try to explain it to your spouse or to your children or your best buddy. And they'll be like, yeah. That's called revelation. That's called a rhema. And you can't get a rhema without a logos. And that's why this is really important. There's some things you've got to have in these last days. So what is this? So let's look at this. Hebrews 1. No, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 16, we'll look in the Amplified Classic. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Amplified Classic. It says, every scripture is what? God-breathed. So this word, this logos is what? God-breathed. So nobody can change this. I keep telling you, there's no Bible 2.0. There's no update. Culture cannot change this. Somebody's bright idea cannot change this. A bunch of people being mad, calling us names, cannot change the written word of God. He said what he said. He knew what he said it, that everybody wasn't going to like it. But every scripture, everybody say every scripture, is God-breathed. Given by what? Inspiration. And what's it profitable for? Instruction. For reproof. It's It's for instruction. Reproof and conviction of sin for correction of error and discipline and discipline. So that's like one positive and it'll reprove you, it'll convict you, it'll correct you, and it'll discipline you. And most people don't like the other four. They just want the instruction. But the instruction will reprove you. Aren't, come on. The word will take you to your spiritual chiropractor and get you in line. Convict you of sin. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, pastor, I, you know, I brought somebody, but, but you know, they, they didn't want to stay. Well, sometimes people want to stay in their sin and they're not ready to get out of it. And the word of God will convict them. And they're squirming around in their chair. I've seen them, y'all. I've seen them get up and leave. Not because I'm a bad preacher, because the word is bothering them and they don't want to change. How can we do it? We just pray for them. Right? Don't give up on them. Don't give up on, invite, hey, come back next week. Well, didn't you see me get up and leave? Yeah, but come back again. Just set them in the middle this time. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Conviction of sin. 
give them like five or six people to walk over. That way they won't go. That's what my, that family took me to church the first time did. Hallelujah. Because I wanted out of there. Them people was crazy. They was Pentecostal. Woo. And I was raised frozen chosen. And we just didn't do that stuff. For correction of error. How I many you know that? Thank God for the word for that. Discipline and obedience. And for training in righteousness. In holy living. In conformity to God's will and thought, purpose, and action. Well, I could just preach on that for a month. But let's keep going. Verse 17. So that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this is, reminds me of the loin belt of truth because what does it do? It, 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 it makes you maybe, it, make, it completes you. In other words, without this loin belt, your breast of righteousness, that breastplate falls off. The sword has no place to hang. The shield of faith has nothing to clip onto. You see that? Um, so, it, so the word of the written, the logos word of God. So, so we always want to esteem this. And we always want to be scriptural. How many of you know in order for something to be scripture, you need a, and preferably two or three. And not obscure and not taken out of their setting. Amen. And, and we're not of those who say, well, I just believe. Because how many know that's irrelevant, what you just believe? It's irrelevant. What does the word say? I, I irritate some people sometimes. They say, well, I'm healed. I was like, tell me why. Because I'm just healed. I'm like, well, that's not enough. Well, yes, it is. Well, it's better than saying I'm sick. But it's not enough. I'm healed is not a scripture. Don't y'all get mad at me. You got to say what the word says. By his stripes, he himself bore. Right? He became a curse that the blessings of, I mean, you got to be able to rattle off three or four or five, not just out of your head, but out of your heart. Praise the Lord. What does the word, God, what the word of God do? It makes you complete. Proficient, you're well-fitted, thoroughly equipped. That's why, y'all, I harp. I know everybody in this room on Wednesday night. I know every one of you have been through Bible Institute. You could all raise your hand and say you're in or you're a graduate. I know that because you're here on Wednesday night. I know it. I know it. I know it. But just in case somebody slipped in, just in case, that's why I harp on it all the time. You've got it's not because it's not a it's not wearing a red robe. I don't even care. Well, I kind of want you to wear the red robe. I want you to get the word. I want you to get the word. And it's the quickest, most compact, line upon line way to get it in two years. So that you would be fitted, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hebrews 1 3. What does the word do for us? Hebrews 1.3. talks about, this is talking about Jesus. We being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he, had purged, when he himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of God. I want you to see that phrase. Um, and upholding all things. How many know Jesus is the word? 
So when we talk about the written, the logos, the word of God, there was three in heaven, the word, right? The father, the word, and the spirit. And the three are one. Jesus is the word. Remember John's gospel. The word was made flesh, right? So who is the word? Jesus is the word. That's why he's the great amen. Amen. He is the word because the word has the final, should have the final say in your life. But you don't know what the final say is unless you've, unless you've got it in your heart. And so, uh, so thank God for the word. Uh, the, uh, by him, by the word of God, all things were created by him and for him. Without him, without the word, nothing was made. And so the, the word of God even holds everything together here. Now, I know there's a lot of people in the world that don't even believe in Jesus. They don't even believe that the word of God is holy. But this word is what's holding this place together. It causes us not to float. It causes this world, the earth, not to collide with others. He holds all things together with his word. That's how powerful the word is. But see, if you believe that, then you you and I esteem it more. Okay, I'm, I'm, let's keep going. So, what, what, so when times of calamity, when I've got to fight against the enemy, li- listen, listen. The devil is a defeated foe, but he's coming. If he, the devil, thought he was big enough and bad enough to get, come against the, li- he knew who Jesus was. He knew he was the living word. But he thought in his gumption, that I can defeat and tempt the living word. Now listen, how did the living word answer the tempter? With the written word. The living word answered the, the devil with the written word. That's how much power there is in it. And that's why you and I have got to say it is written. Not I think it is written or so and so said. Well, I heard Kenneth say. I heard Creflo say. I heard Joyce say. That's not enough because the devil will answer back. Uh, uh, Jesus I know, Joyce, Kenneth, and, and Creflo, I know them all. But who are you? Come on, you got to know for yourself. You got to know for yourself. You got to know for yourself. Amen? And how do you answer? It is written. But you can't say it is written if you don't know where it's written. And you and I do not have an excuse. I do not have my cell phone on me right now because, because if I had it in my pocket, it'd be going brr, brr, brr. Don't people know I'm in church anyway? But so I, I, t- I just don't even have it on anymore. But come on, y'all. I mean, you can, if you halfway remember a scripture, you can Google it and get it in 30 translations just at your finger. There, we have no excuse these days. Come on, the devil's coming at you. You can even do this. Give me just a second. It is written. Because if we don't, let's look at Matthew 7. Look at, look at Matthew 7. What are we talking? We're talking about the, loin, the, the belt of truth that holds everything together. Without this armor, without this piece of armor, there's no, there's no breastplate of righteousness. There definitely is not a sword. There's definitely not a shield. Helmet of salvation, that's not even going to be possible. 
So this is why this, the logos, the written word of God, this belt is so important. So Matthew chapter 7, we'll start at verse 24. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, everybody say, I'm a doer. Then what will the Lord liken unto you? You're a wise man. Which did what? Built your house on a rock. That word rock is, is, is not insignificant there. Who is the rock? His name is Jesus. Who is he? He's the living word. Amen. And he's given us the written word. So I'm going to build my house on this rock. I'm going to build my house on the cornerstone. I'm going to build it on the word of God. I'm, and in order to build my house on the word of God, I've got, I can't be just a hearer only. There's a lot of people today who hear a good sermon, but the Bible calls those people deceived. If all you do is ever hear and hear and hear, and I just want to hear, you can hear and even take notes. You can hear and hear and hear, but if you never do, the Bible says you've deceived yourself. Right? But everybody say, I'm a doer. What am I doing? I'm building my house on a rock. And then it says, and the rain descended. The floods came. The winds blew, beat upon the house, and it fell not. Everybody say, it fell not. Why? Because it was founded on a rock. Hallelujah. I'm not doing that. Hallelujah. It was founded on a rock. Why? Why? Because you did the word. I said, because you did the word. What happened? The rains descended. It went crazy out there. The world went nuts. There was a big storm. It beat on the house and it fell not. Why? Because somebody did the word. You are the house. Nobody can do this for you. You have to build your own house on the rock. And then we got some other folk. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them heard the same word. They heard the same word. I used to look at these two people different. But to me, in order to get this, uh, it's two people sitting in the same room hearing the same word. Sometimes you can't pick them out because they're both are saying hallelujah and pop the clutch and maybe even jump up and down a little bit and holler. People ask, well, well you know, I, I know they love the Lord. This is not about loving the Lord. This is about doing the word. It's not about going to church. How many know you ought to be in church? Y'all are here. People are tuned in. You ought to be, but it's about, it's about doing they hear these sayings and they do them not. What did he call them? Fools. Fools. So you can either be wise or fools. Which built his house on the sand. So we've got two people hearing the same word. One does it, one does it not. What are we talking about? Talking about the loin belt of truth. Talking about why some people's armor seems to work and why some people's don't. It's not that they don't both know about it. Just because you know about it, that means it's going to work. This doing or not doing is everything. Because the same thing happened, verse 27, is the same thing that happened in verse 25, and the rains descended. It didn't say a bigger rain. It didn't say more floods. It didn't say different winds. These are hurricanes, and those were only, you know, these are fives, and the first one only had a one. It just says when it's equal, equal, equal. And beat upon the house and it fell. 
The other one stood, this one fell. And great, not just fell, great was the fall of it. Why? It's just do or don't do. It's not about here, because they both heard. I don't even think it's about being saved. I think it's about doing it or not doing it. If you want to defeat a defeated devil, then you got to do the word. Praise God. I'm preaching to the choir on a Wednesday night. I know that, but I need you to get this and so you can help somebody else. Amen. Amen. Come on, man, I'm just telling you, if you see somebody falling all the time, you see their life a mess all the time, ask the Holy Ghost how to help you to help them do the word. There, you know, there are reasons. Now, aren't you grateful God is merciful? Aren't you grateful God is merciful? Merciful, merciful. Amen, amen, amen. He's not a taskmaster. He's not looking to destroy you. He's looking to help you. But the devil is running loose, even though he's a defeated foe here on the earth. And the Lord said, don't be ignorant of his devices. And an easy device for him is just to keep people out of the word and doing the word. Everybody say, I'm a doer. It's easy, right? Well, it's easy to say. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I love everybody. I just love everybody. And then somebody does me wrong, you know. Like I'm on a plane and and some dude pops me up on the side of the head while I'm trying to sleep. Well, my fleshly instinct was to do what? I was going to clock him. I turned around and I'm, you know, the, you all knew, I, the guys around here knew I wasn't a fighter because I went like this and they said, Pastor, you can't do that. They're trying to help me fight. Um, they said, you can't do that. You'll break your thumb. Well, I didn't know that. I know it now, but I don't want to break my thumb. I, I, if, if Pastor Rhonda had not been on that trip, I still might be in an Indian jail. Because I just thought it was some old dude. And then I saw the 30 young guys, and obviously that he was a government official. And so um, that was bad. That would have been bad. That would have been bad. She's like, sit down. You know who that is. I'm like, I'm going to hit him. I'm going to hit him. I want to hit him. He hit me on the head. It's because I pushed my seat back on a long trip. He was old. I could second him. I could have got him. Even if I was angry, I knew I could take him. It's easy to say I can do the word. We all need help. Thank God I had a help. Calm me down. Talk the word to me. You know who that is. You know who that is. Yeah, it's this old man who I want to punch in the face. That's who it is. It's easy to talk. Come on. Everybody look straight forward. I know that you're not of those who in traffic give signals. One hand waves. One finger waves or, you know, or I could show you Melba's. Um, Hers was not quite that, but it was just as bad. Or just screaming at people. 
I was trying to get home today. Well, I'm t- why am I talking bad about me? We're just in this realm of spirit here. Um, but I even happened today. I got to get home. I got to go home. And this lady, she was just driving so darn slow. There's a train stopped here. We had to go all the way around. There's no roads in Madison. I got to get home. I got to get home. I got to get home. And then she decides to go 30 miles an hour while she's looking on her cell phone. And, and my hand went to my horn, and I was going to lay on it. And, and the Lord said to me, do not do that. He said, you will scare her. I'm like, I want to scare her. I don't care if she's lost or not. Put down the phone. I need to go home so I can preach tonight. We all have stuff. We all got stuff. And it's easy to say I'm a doer of the word. It's a little bit more difficult to do it every day. Thank God for the Holy Ghost that will help you not honk your horn. I really had this thing in my heart. If I laid, I wanted to lay on it. I was going to get on her bumper, and I was going to lay on it. That's what my flesh wanted to do. Why am I even telling you this? I don't know why I'm telling you this. I, don't, I shouldn't tell you this. I can just tell you that I'm just as real as you are. And it's easy to say I'm a doer of the word, but when the rubber hits the road, when it comes to push yourself, how are we going to respond? I'm grateful for the Holy Ghost that Rhonda wasn't there because she would not have allowed me to do it. But, because she's helped me before. But, um, so, I, I don't need therapy. I just need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> and more roads. Anyway, um, but, uh, bigger roads. But, um, I was here first. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I digress. Um, but it's easy to say you do the word. I love the word. I do the word. But it's everyday stuff. And so those doors that we open, the Holy Ghost will try to help you keep them closed. And if Rhonda's not riding around in the car with you, then just the Holy Ghost will. All right. So we didn't get going very good. I mean, we did get going very good. But we're going to just look at these real slow because, like this one, this is of utmost importance. And I know you know the word, but you can tell. Ever since we started this book of Ephesians, we've had great utterance. And I just really appreciate that. I appreciate you all hungry for the word. But let's just do it. Let's make sure. Holy Ghost, help us. If we're going to do something that opposes the word, remind us. Deal with us. You're my teacher. You're my helper. If I'm not doing the word in any area, show me, prompt me, open my heart to it. Um, If you're trying to use the word to correct me in any area and I haven't been listening, I ask for forgiveness. I ask you to help me. I ask you to show me. Because I want to be a doer of it. Because I need to build my house on a rock. Because you can't always... Because what he's saying is, you can't pray away the rains, the wind, the floods, spiritually speaking. But if you're a doer of the word and build your house on a rock, it just doesn't matter. You'll always thrive. And y'all, we need that right now more than ever. I would love to tell you everything's going to get silky smooth out there. And I know some people, even some really close friends of mine, believe it's about to get silky smooth out there. If we can just do this, if we can just do that. It's not. These are the last days. And 
what's going on out there doesn't have to affect us. We're the glorious church. Amen. Amen. But we got to be doers of the word. Everybody say it one more time. Say, I'm a doer. Holy Ghost, Ghost. help me me. be a doer doer. of the word. word. 